And welcome to the Joystick Show, a podcast where three friends from high school in Hawaii get together to chat about the latest things we've watched, read, and played. This week, we're diving right into LA Comic Con 2023. So sit back and get ready because this one was action packed. So you're at LA Comic Con. This is your second year now going. A huge convention. And I think this year specifically was extra big. What were some of the highlights you saw while you were there? Yeah. So, first off, I want to say, you know, it's been so awesome. I've been super lucky this year, thanks to Geek Freaks and thanks to you, kind of just being able to go to a lot more cons. And, you know, between DreamHack and San Diego Comic Con and BlizzCon and LA Comic Con, I will say, you know, BlizzCon was so fun hanging out with all you guys and Squeaks and Kyle. Uh, but this con in particular might be my favorite. I, I have already told a few people, I promise I'll be there next year because we've had a few friends that were like, hey, you know, I was here. I was there showing off my book or this, and that. Uh, where were you? And I said, look, I couldn't go this year. I will be in October in L.A. Comic Con for sure. So I'm I, and the hype that you're sharing, man, you were posting all kinds of great pictures on the Joystick Show, on the Geek Freaks feed. And it was so cool to, to follow along um, the cosplay. Dude, what? That's so good cosplay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm so happy that you are coming next year just to have the extra hands. You know, yeah. I've, I've personally got basically a half hand. You can see it on the Joystick Show page, but like having the extra ha- help would be insanely useful. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the cosplay, it was off the charts this year. I mean, everybody really brought it again. You know, San Diego Comic-Con had its moments but there's something about L.A. Comic-Con. I don't know if it's because people are in the acting industry or, you know, they're just super fans or they're kind of more bold to go out there. But God, there was just some incredible ones like, you know, with Ahsoka being a hit. I saw so many Shin Hotties. I saw amazing Ahsokas. Yeah. I uh, saw some amazing cosplay from One Piece, you know, just because I think the shows that were phenomenal this year. Like people brought out their cosplay to support the shows and it was, it was so good. I love how LA Comic-Con still has the size of a San Diego Comic-Con, but feels more grounded like a real Comic-Con. San Diego, while it is great and fun, it's a little more commercialized at this point. We're getting, you know, the big companies are involved in that one now. And this one still feels like it's, yeah, you're actually going to meet Kim from Power Rangers and stuff like that. That's what's cool. Yeah, definitely. The one thing I will say about this year's LA Comic-Con, as opposed to San Diego Comic-Con, as most people who are probably listening to this know, there was a giant strike in Hollywood and there wasn't any actors there. There wasn't any writers like the people who you need to make the shows weren't able to go and talk about any of their shows at San Diego Comic-Con. Now, with all the strikes lifted, there was a lot more of those people there. And so it made it a world of a difference because they could come and they were like, these are the things we wanted to tell you guys, you know, before the show came oh, out yeah. and we were barred from doing it. So that alone made it, you know, night and day difference. I don't think it's any slight on San Diego Comic-Con. I think we get that back next year in 2024. But you could tell right. the difference because of how the strike impacted San Diego as opposed to L.A. Yeah, we still had a pretty good presence this year. I know The Office was kind of a big show. Everybody was excited about the Office panel. Matt Smith from House uh, House of the Dragon. Um, the other thing, too, is during this Comic-Con, we also have the Brazil uh, Comic-Con going on, and they work in tandem so well. Yeah, CCP 
PX, right? Yes. Y- yeah. But like if like the six trailer six. will release at one, Matt Smith's at this one, so you could talk to him about it. Like it worked out really well. Did you guys oh my god were you guys kind of aware of the trailers releasing while you're at the convention? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm following all this stuff. I'm checking it out. I'm listening to Geek Freaks headlines or maybe whatever <laughs> you're gonna rebrand it. And so I'm constantly that on that stuff. <laughs> And yeah, that was like the number one question. You know, we got Aaron Moriarty and Karen Fukuhara from The Boys. So boom, we get yeah. season four of The Boys trailer drops. And then that was like the first question. Fandom was the one hosting the panel. And so that was their number one question for them as, you know, they came on stage and and they were talking about it on the main stage at LA Comic-Con. So there was that hype and they, I don't even know if they talked. No, no. Karen had seen it, but Aaron hadn't seen it yet. Um, who plays Starlight? Oh, wow. So they were kind yeah. of talking about that. And then Matt Smith coming on. You know, I, I think more people were probably there to see him talk about Doctor Who. But of course, you gotta talk to him about Damon from House of the Dragons. So yeah. it was uh it was just so awesome to see these guys who are in these shows. I mean, like the most hyped shows of the year, and that we're getting to see them the day the trailer drops for it. And hear how pumped they are and how excited they were. And also to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes from what it was like filming these seasons that we just got the trailers for. Yeah, that is freaking cool. Let's dive a little deeper into those panels. Uh, What was one of your favorite panels and can you explain what was going down? Oh, boy. Yeah, I. (laughs) Yeah, where do we start? (laughs) Um, Pick a favorite child. Come on, you got this. (laughs) I'm going to say Matt Smith. Because he. He always plays such an interesting actor to me. And whether it's Damon, whether it's Doctor Who, whether it's I don't even know what the villain from Morbius was, yeah. but like that guy, yeah. uh, Milo, I think it was. There it is. Good job. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his real name was. That was like the Morbius adopted the <laughs> nickname that he just gave him. Right. Uh, yeah. But dude, he he just seems like such a cool guy and he seems like very down to earth. And it sounds like he still lives in London. He flew out maybe just to be at LA Comic-Con. Oh, cool. Yeah, and him talking about what this season was like, what was the hardest part? Um, he was talking about how he, people were asking about the wigs, the white wigs, you know? And he's like, you know, believe it or not, we don't have as many as you think. He's like, I only had four because he's like, those things are ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. And so really? he's like, I only had four for the whole season. And yeah, if one gets damaged, you kind of cycle in the next one. But He's like, that's honestly the hardest part about the job, but it's like so freaking cool being on set. Um, people are like, oh, what's it like to ride a dragon? He's like, he's like, I think the answer is there. He's like, how do you think it feels to ride a dragon? Like, it feels freaking <laughs> awesome. Like, you know, you're riding on this thing. He's like, it's a giant mechanical bull and you're riding in all, the, all of this and you're kind of getting bucked around and you're just pretending you're on this giant beast and feeling like a badass. Or maybe you don't feel like a badass. But then, you know, the show comes out and you see it all with the CGI put in there. And he's like, and then you feel so freaking cool. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, he's just so cool. You're not a Targaryen. What other house and game friends would you want to be in? I can't possibly answer that. I wouldn't want to be anything but There's only one family to be involved with. Who wants to be a star? <laughs> Targaryen, man. We've got dragons and blonde hair. Like, what else are you going to do? It's the same with, that, with the greens and the blacks. No, no, no. There's only one side to be on, and it's ours, man. <laughs> I'm personally partial to the Martells myself, but oh, you know. Really? Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. 
but again, you know, I, I know him more from House of the Dragon. I'm late to the whole Doctor Who of everything. But a lot of the fans in the audience, because they open it up about half, uh, you know, the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes are for fan questions. And a lot of them were about Doctor Who, not so much about House of the Dragon. So I just, yeah, I thought that was really interesting, but badass how big of a following Doctor Who has and how it even translates here to the U.S. So really, really cool. Yeah, I like that Doctor Who has a good presence because it's one of those kind of inner geek things like the Star Trek stuff. It doesn't quite hit the mainstream as much, but people at conventions, they know what's up. Totally. And they they just dropped that show on Disney Plus, too, with David Tennant at the helm. And you turn me on David Tennant and I'm a massive fan of him now. Like I'm I'm like I feel like I'm the biggest David Tennant cheerleader now. I'm like, oh, you know who that is? Like when it's Hu Yang from Ahsoka or, you know, when it. When he popped up uh, for this new Christmas special or 30 year special on Disney Plus, I was like, we got to watch it for David Tennant. And uh, even Matt Smith was talking about how amazing he is and how great he is to work with and how like that Doctor Who connection really fostered this friendship between them and stuff. And it's just just cool. cool. Yeah, I I love that. Those details so much. All the latest geek freaks, we are geeking out about David Tennant again. And this time, totally forgot about it. Jessica Jones. He's in that. Oh, that's yes. The villain. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. So and he's so amazing in that too. I don't know that how is. it could be. Even pre- yeah. But um, yeah, go back and listen to our challenge accepted episode about uh, good, omens good omens because we, yeah. we fan crush a lot on him. On that one. <laughs> what about the boys? I mean, I mean, again, with all the hype around the boys right now, we had Gen V just finish up, which left us a lot of questions. Uh, what was it like at that panel? Really amazing. Uh, I will say, they're different. Obviously, they're different. They're like real of people, course, yeah. but they're they're definitely more different than their characters on the show. You know, like Karen Fukara plays Kimiko. Play, you know, she talks about playing a mute character. And in real life, she's like happy and bubbly and like from <laughs> L.A. and like just yeah. this, I don't know, joyous person. And then Aaron, um, also really awesome. She's a lot more introspective, I want to say, a little bit more methodical in her thinking um mm. you know she's just kind of more a sweet sweetheart in a different way on the boys and in real life it seems like she's just uh she's a deep thinker so i really thought that was really cool about her um she kind of had a little bit more to say about the world and uh, you know the real world as opposed to the world of the boys and some of those differences um i i feel like she was almost touching I was like, I don't know about this, but I I was in a way kind of like proud that she was using her platform, but it was kind of diving a little bit into like real world politics and where she stands Mm. on things and how the boys interfaces with that, which I found really, really interesting and give her props for doing out publicly. Um, But uh, they could not sing enough praises about Aaron Kripke, the guy who created the boys. And even from last year where it was like Alonzo, I'm forgetting his first name but he plays mother's milk and also mm-hmm. frenchie was there they all could not stop singing enough praise about eric kripke like if you want to be in any be under anybody who's creating a show it sounds like he's the guy like he's so kevin cool. feige of that world and everybody just yeah. loves him trust him like is on board with whatever his vision is like dude sounds like the man so that was really yeah, he's really able cool. to balance superhero and nuance like you're saying, where she's talking about politics, you almost can't you almost can't avoid it because the show's so close to it. And yet doesn't feel like it's trying to preach to you or uh, demigod anybody who in real life is like, it's, it's pretty interesting. I like that they do that. And it's 
boy, it's that's cool to hear about these actors being able to pull that off. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it is. And and it's cool seeing how they're friends in real life. You know, it's yeah. it's like literally the cast of friends being friends, you know, it's like it just yeah. makes it better somehow. And uh, yeah, they, they were saying too, if you think that the earlier seasons are crazy, this one definitely is even crazier oh, somehow. Hyped. <laughs> yes. And they also talked about um, their theories. They don't know if it's true or they maybe they couldn't say anything about their um, maybe like intermingling or like crossing over with some of the characters in Gen V. Okay. So I was kind of stoked about that. Maybe, maybe I, we have a clip going out about that on social media, but um, yeah, just they're planning on, on crossing over with some of the characters they see in Gen V, at yes. least from Kimiko's perspective and Starlight's perspective. So you also had a chance to talk with Melissa Flores. She's the writer uh, of part of the uh, massive verse and she writes bad lucky. And she also does a lot of work with the uh, power Rangers. That was such a cool one. Let's listen to that clip. Now yeah, we are here with Melissa Flores. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing? We were talking about your new book, Dead Lucky? Yes. This is a book published by Image. It's part of the Massiverse. So the Massiverse is basically a superhero universe that's published by Image. Uh, that features very cool characters like Radiant Flag, Rope Sun, but my character is called the Dead Lucky. That's the one I created. It is actually inspired by Lionel Friend, who's over there, who is a, a war veteran. Oh, wow. And uh, the character is basically a war veteran who comes back from an accident that kills most of her squad. She ends up uh, coming back home to San Francisco and discovering that the city has been privatized by a company called Goro. Like, if Google went really, really evil and decided it was going to take over the whole city and run it for profit. Yeah. She doesn't like that. And uh, rather than deal with her extreme PTSD, she decides she's going to use the superpowers that she got, yeah. in which she can uh, use electrical ghosts to assess robots oh. and fight back. That's and, so cool. Uh, basically, it's her doing everything she can to avoid dealing with her actual feelings. Right. But, <laughs> but it's we, a lot of fun. Uh, we have a volume one already out. We've got um, more issues on the way and another volume two coming very soon. So very, very excited cool. to have it. And um, it's all part of the Massiverse. So right on. A lot of really cool verse. A lot of really cool universes, a lot of really cool superheroes. Yeah. If you uh, want to give it a shot, please. That's so awesome. Can we also take a look at the right side of the table to some of Absolutely. what you've done? Yeah. This is some of your work on Power Rangers. Yeah, so I also write Power Rangers for Village Studios. I'm really excited to do that. I started with issue 101. Before that, I was a producer on a series for Elvis here. Wow. And then I transitioned into writing, and yeah. now um, I get to write the Power Rangers Recharge. So after issue 100, uh, we went into a whole new other direction. It's now the 30th anniversary, so we're doing a really cool event called Darkest Hour, and Recharge, which is these two volumes, basically take us up to the darkest hour. Very cool. What What did you think about the anniversary show for... Oh, on Netflix. Great. It was so much fun. Yeah. I love every one of those pe people that were on it. I love that we were able to honor Trini that way. And yeah. being able to see people like Aisha, mm -hmm. Adam, and yeah. we have Walter and David all come back. It was really fun. Right on. I'm glad that the fans got to experience it. Oh, no. Right on. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Melissa. I appreciate your time. And uh, everybody, pick up Dead Lucky. What was it like talking to Melissa? Man, she's so awesome. I know that you've been able to talk to her on Geek Freaks, mm -hmm. and she's just so cool. Uh, her booth, just the art alone for the Dead Lucky captured my attention. And then I was like, oh, there's Power Rangers here. Like, yeah. you know, like you wouldn't think that would be secondary. But the Dead Lucky character alone was is so cool. It has like almost like that Day of the Dead skull on her it character. Does, yeah. And she had people around 
And I was just like interested in it, you know, and I was like, Hey, can you know, tell me about it? And then she started going into the whole story and the inspiration. And I was like, okay, okay. I love all this. Thank you so much. Can I record this? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's where we see the clip online that you awesomely put together, but, um, she's passionate about it. Her girlfriend who inspired the character was standing right next to her talking to other people about, about that world, about the inspiration for the character, all that. And then, you know, she's just like this really sweet, like passionate person, um, who's just seems so smart. Like, I don't know. Did you get yeah. that from her? Like, I just oh, feel like she's absolutely, so smart. Absolutely, dude. I could pick her brain for days. It's amazing how much, and she's got this kind of just like, she's very easy to talk to. It's yeah. amazing how, how good she is at what she does. And yet you feel like you're just talking to a friend. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, totally. You know, I'm starting to realize after all these writers, like some of the best writers are some of the best speakers too. Yeah. Like they're just so natural. They, the way they are able to string words that form into sentences and all that together. Like they, there's a train of thought in the way they speak. That's like a thousand times better than me. And it's like, but it comes out so naturally too. It's so mm. good. Uh, she's one of them. And I can't wait to dive into her book. Like, I, I mean, the art alone, it just looks super freaking cool. Um, this, uh, this idea of like a corporatized San Francisco that they have to battle over is really interesting. Yeah. And the powers of the dead lucky character, like bringing these machines back to life. It's almost like the necromancer in Diablo. Using ghosts. That's the part where she actually talks to them and stuff like that. It's so cool. Yeah. Right. And then like it, they, uh, I don't know, kind of take over those bodies. I'm forgetting. There's like a, a good word that sums that up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it just sounds so cool. So I'm super ready to jump into that comic and hopefully sit down and talk to her in next year. I look forward to you reading those. I won't spoil who the ghosts are, but that's pretty, it's wild. It's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty all, right. all of the Massiverse, you know, Radiant Black and whatnot. Very good. Check that out, guys. And of course she has, I believe it's Power Rangers Recharge was what she was saying. It's the new Power Rangers series that's going off right now. And she has her hands in a lot of Power Rangers stuff, of course, but uh, it's so neat. It's just so neat. Oh, yeah. You also had a chance to sit down with Jason Aaron for a bit. And Jason Aaron, you know, he did. I, I totally forgot he did this. I know he did Jane Foster, Thor, uh, duh, and Gore the God Butcher. But yeah, he yeah. had the chance of making both of those. What a nice guy. What was that like? Oh, man, it, he, he was so kind. I, I was unbelievably thankful. I did not expect to be able to to. I wish to sit down, but we were standing the whole time because he had a, there was like a line <laughs> yeah. behind me of like people that were like massive fans. I mean, a legend, right? He's written like right. the Avengers created Joan, uh, Jane Foster, created Gore. Well, he didn't create Jane Foster, but he created her turning yeah. into yeah. Thor. And then he created Gore, the God Butcher, who arguably for me in the comments is one of the best villains ever. You know, that, the, so the, you know not trying to beat a dead horse, only it was a little <laughs> bit of a, a letdown for me in the movie. But still, Christian Bale still acted incredibly in it. Um, but he was so kind and he gave me so much time and kind of talked to me about how he felt about seeing his characters on the big screen. And that the fact that he still goes out and collects things and buys the toys and, you know, has this room full of all the collectibles, just like we do. And how cool is it when one of your favorite comic book writers, who's a massive, massive legend in Marvel still does all the things that you do. Like, it's just, it's just so nice to be relatable and only I feel like at a comic-con would you be able to do this he is yeah he's super chill down to earth let's go ahead and listen to that we clip right here now. with the legend Jason Aaron Jason how are you liking your uh, LA comic-con so far it's great I mean I just just got here the con just 
kicked off. So just finished my first signing. And so I think I might walk around and like buy stuff now. Oh, all right. Do you, do you end up buying a lot of your things? Like, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, don't always just because I'm busy. Kind of depends on the time. So I think the this when I wanted to make a point to like shop a little more, which also means I got to get a home some way too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of, I mean, I, I'm still a big collector, so I have a basically full consciousness. I love that you're a fan too. Uh, speaking about collecting characters, I met a character debut in Thumar Unlimited Thunder that you created. How was it seeing her in the movie? And then also tell us about that that collection you started adding. Well, it was cool. I mean, you know, like you have to see Jane Foster Thor and Gorda Godwitch are both in So, yeah, to me, like my favorite part was Ruby was cool. Yeah, you see Natalie Corbin for Chevelle play his characters for Thor. My favorite part was he collected all the toys and lunch boxes, <laughs> yeah, Happy yeah. Meal toys, and, and seeing it everywhere, Disney right? Magic bands, and, <laughs> yeah. like all that stuff. Lego sets. I've got there's a Lego Gore the Godbusher. So to me, like that was my favorite part of just like filling basically my guest bedroom in my house is full of Gore Thor stuff. That's awesome. Would you want to see her character go on in like a Disney Plus series, or would you want to see her? I mean, of course. I mean, I think uh, you know what they did was like a very abbreviated version of what they did. Well, so I think there's still a lot more stuff to deliver. Even before you got to any of the Valkyrie stuff, but you know it's been going since then. So sure. I mean, I, yeah, I love that character. Like she was supposed to die and go away at the end of the story I couldn't let her go so I had to figure out a way of like how does she die how do we tell this story how to pay off in a way that's not cheap Mookert still let her story continue so I'd be happy to see that so I'm happy that her story is still going on in the comics we'd be happy to see that it continue elsewhere too that's awesome well thanks so much for your time hope you enjoy the rest of your time. yeah like you were saying the fact that he collects his own stuff it kind of makes me feel good about the representation of Gore the God Butcher and Jane Foster's Thor in the movie. If the creator has a guest room full of that stuff, like that shows that he loves it too. As a matter of fact, I was like, I want to go buy him a Funko Pop of Gore. He probably already has it, but I was already on Amazon shopping. Uh, it is he, he did a really good job of kind of like getting me hyped for Thor and, and everything else. That was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how could you not be proud to see something that literally was an idea in your mind and then it's like on the page and then it's on the big screen, you know, and gosh, that has to be such an incredible feeling. But just for him to take some time and, and really tell us about all of that and, you know, what he hopes or, you know, if he hopes that we see the mighty Thor again is somewhere along the lines of Marvel is just so cool. Um, You know, I, I got to talk to him about where she popped up in other places too. I was like, Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. they put her in um, the Avengers video game. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, she was incredible. Like yeah. she was so fun to play better than like the original Thor. He's like, really? Wow. You know, and getting yeah. to tell the creator about things where his character is and has been is like, I don't know what an experience, man. And I liked how, you know, it's a challenge I never thought about, but he had planned on Jane Foster dying at the end of that run. And then mentions how, I had to make it to where she stayed alive and how would we keep it to where it was earned? And it was a dilemma I didn't think about, but he brought it forward in that, in that conversation with him. It was pretty cool. Totally. And then spoiler alert, but you had time to see the movie. Uh, like, and then that happens in the movie, you know, then yeah. she goes to Valhalla. So like they followed his storyline. Like it's oh man, so cool. Yeah.
You know, it's really, really impressive. As an avid Thor reader, uh, but yeah, in the early Donny Cates run, Donald Blake is uh, talking to Jane Foster and it's this post Thor Jane Foster where now she's a Valkyrie and stuff like that. And it's just so cool to see how this character could still be in the MCU, still feels like she belongs there in the Marvel universe. I'm sorry. Still feels like she belongs there. And he was able to smoothly make that transition. Uh, it, it's very well done. Talented writer, of course. Oh, yeah. Super talented. I can't wait to to read more of it. You know, I, I haven't dove into all of his different books, but just because of how cool he was, because of how good that run it was. Um, yeah, I got to dive more into like some of his other works, the Avengers. I think he did like X-Men, Spider-Man, all that stuff. So he's done all the heavy hitters for Marvel. And man, Thor run was so damn good. If you haven't read it, like go read that. Uh, it's incredible. Now, uh, we were huge fans of Ahsoka this year. And you had a chance to sit on that Ahsoka panel. What were some of your takeaways? So, you know, we give a lot of credit, maybe not anymore, but we gave a lot of credit back in the day to Marvel and how awesome they are, but also how secretive they can be. And it seems Mm -hmm. like this set was very much like how they run Marvel. Like people only got select information. They only got certain scripts. Uh, You know, it was very much a surprise to them. And the amount of training and all that goes into it, like, God, this show, like for me, it's like it almost shouldn't be this good, you know, yeah. like, yeah, but but then you see the talent and you hear how hyped they are about it. And again, you hear about the training and the time they put into it. And you're like, no, I get it. They put so much at blood, sweat and tears into this. It makes sense why this show rocked as hard as it did this year. Like uh, Natasha Leo Bordizo, um, absolutely stunning, was just kind of up there, you know, talking about the fight choreography and talking about her relationship and the thought process behind all of it. Um, super awesome. Uh, Iman Fondi, who plays Ezra Bridger, uh, man, he was late to the game. Like he, he kind of yeah. came in when everybody else had already started filming and, you know, told some awesome stories about uh, how Dave Filoni came up and did like the Dave Filoni thing where he goes in and like, just comes up to you for a second, but then ends up going into like some deep dive Star Wars lore with you on set. And then just, just like nods his head and walks away. And so he got that, yeah. but Amon is the man. Like I, I could see him being a superstar. Like I'm kind of attributing him to maybe like a Simu Liu. Like he just seems like such a cool person in real life. And I didn't get any video clips or any like recorded anything, but when he was walking by, I got to say, Hey man, you crushed it this year. Your character is so cool. And he, he was so nice he was just like, shook my hand and he was like, bro, like, thank you so much. He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to he- hear you say that. And yeah. And he had to get going, but such a cool guy. Um, the, the actress who played Shin Hadi, Ivana Sakno was uh, so lovely. Um, she, you could tell how deeply she put herself into these care in her character and how, I mean, you could see it on screen. She was so intense. She told some very emotional stories about, or at least one emotional story about Ray Stevenson. And then the other side to it too, was there were some people who came from Ukraine that were at LA comic-con and they, they said hi to her in um, the Ukrainian language. She said hi back and they asked her the panelist or the host of the panel said, you know, how did that affect you going into filming Ahsoka? And she's like, well, you know, the invasion of Ukraine happened right as we were going into filming. So we hadn't started yet, but it just happened. And she's like, I, I channeled a lot of that into my character. And she was like, some days on set, I'll be honest, like it was just, it was hard for me to get through it. First of all, from Ukraine, 
about it like you could see like she was starting to get a little choked up and a little teary mm -hmm. and uh you know when it was all done and when the panel was all done um natasha leo Bardizio who plays sabine came up and and gave her a big hug and you could tell it was because of that and yeah man it was it was really emotional at that moment but just so so lovely um the diana lee um and santo who plays morgan elsbeth also talked about yeah. that and she was like i knew i was a night sister from ahsoka like Dave told me there, like I, I was a night sister. And so I knew kind of what my character, at least what the background was. So it kind of helped yeah. me develop who, who my character was on screen before we even told the world I was a night sister, you know? That's so cool that she knew that right off the bat. Because when, as you know, you and I review those episodes, we're wondering when is it that came in? That's cool that from the get go, that's why she's able to fight and hold her own. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. The the Towson Blade, she talked about that a lot, and she had one request for her character, which was she told Dave, the only thing I want is that when I die, Ahsoka has to kill me with a Towson Blade. Yeah. And that's why in that last fight she takes that blade and ends up cutting off off her head with it, which is like yeah. so crazy that that was from her. But the fight choreography and all that, I mean, she is Bruce Lee's niece or great great niece, which is so cool. Um, so her fight choreography was yeah. on point. She said she found out she booked the gig while she was also at Disneyland with her kids. So she was oh like, Oh my God. So, you know, uh, there was just destiny so happening. Cool. Right. Yeah. So cool. Um, the, the other thing that I found was really interesting was Natasha and Iman talked about the scene where they reunite, where mm -hmm. we, we find Ezra with the Nodi people. I know that yeah. scene got a lot of flack and I don't know if it was always spun in the positive light. Like I didn't necessarily like that scene either when I first saw it, but hearing them talk about their mindset going into it, like because of what they saw in the characters and who they, who they were being those characters. They're like, that's what felt right. It, like we wouldn't be the right. type of people, who, you know, uh, Ezra and Sabine wouldn't be the type of people that would go up and just hug them and squeeze them. That even though sense. like, yeah, like that I would give up the whole galaxy. She's like, what felt right in that moment is we'd be cool and like, what's up, bro? What's up? You yeah. know? And, and that's how they played it. And it just stuck. And, and that's what, you know, we got on the screen. I, it was funny because on the day we sort of discussed it and we were like, what does feel right? Like, it's almost like such an epic moment. You want to like cry and run to the person. But then at the end of the day, you just have to do what's comes out naturally as Sabine and Ezra. And they're just old friends who would be like, hey, I casually gave up the galaxy to find you, but hey. Like, <laughs> no questions asked. What's up, dude? Thanks for, thanks for finding me. You know? it, was, it was very organic. Yeah. It was very like Star Wars in, in that casual nature of something that should be so much more serious, I think. So it made me feel a little bit better about that scene. I will say, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know. I would have liked to see maybe a different world, you know, in a different multiverse maybe, or timeline where they did just kind of did that big hug and maybe compare it. But like, it makes that scene sit so much better for me now, knowing that mm -hmm. that's what felt right to them when they were filming it that day. Insights from a Comic-Con, man. That is so freaking cool. 
Yeah. Uh, you went by the office panel as well. Uh, that looks like it was a lot more lighthearted than some of these other ones where people, but don't get me wrong. Boy, the fans had some deep questions. <laughs> it was definitely not maybe <laughs> even deeper. Sometimes it's pretty nuts. Uh, what was your yes. take from that? Yeah, those guys are so fun, right? I mean, yeah. like Rain Wilson, uh, I'm forgetting Toby's real life name, but he's Toby I mean, forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's always Toby forever, but he was a producer. I think he even directed some of the episodes, but mm -hmm. they got to talk about um, Danny California and Idris Elba showing up and how intense cool. they were and how yeah. awesome it was for them just to slide into the original cast and just like their comedic work with the cast, how awesome that was, was really, really cool. Uh, yes, there were some deep questions too with the guys and it's so funny. I mean, it's been a while since they've done the show. So people had, yeah. you know, again, some intense questions and they're like, we'll be honest. We don't, we don't remember that, you know, like we're sorry. It's been some time, but we do remember it was awesome. And we laughed, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think they're just so appreciative of what that show became and how it still resonates with people. Because, you know, it's been almost 10 years since it's been on TV. I don't know. Something like that. It's been a something while. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah, it just still works. It's still one of my favorite shows. There's yeah. so many people from the audience. There's a really cool clip I'll send you. We got to, like, post it to our story somewhere. But uh, a fan brought Rain Wilson a painting that her husband did. And it has I sent it to you. Oh, did you send me? That's, that's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we got to post it. It's there so was, cool, man. <laughs> oh, God, right? There was all four of the hobbits from the Lord of the Rings. And then above that was Rain Wilson. And then a bunch of like the <laughs> office logos and stuff. Yeah. And she brought it to Rain Wilson. And then he took that in front of the autograph line, took it to all of the Lord of the Rings cast, Sean Astin, Elijah Wood, all these guys and had them sign it and then brought it, it showed yeah. the crowd and then brought it back. She was freaking out. Like, I, no way, no way. Like she was just yeah. the whole time. You could just hear in the background, like, no way. And then like right. they did the big group photo with it and Toby came in for the photo as well. And yeah, yeah I mean like what a moment that was just so neat. Like, ah, comic cons are super, super special. Let's include, I want to include one of those fan, those fan questions I thought was especially good. The microwave one. So let's include that now. So you guys can hear how dedicated these fans are. Is in the beloved season five episode frame Toby, um, a crime occurred. And I think what the people really want to know is, who do you think made that mess in the microwave? Wow. <laughs> Holy... <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah we're getting into the nitty-gritty. I know, this I know. Like I'm, I'm a journalist. <laughs> yeah, it's like 48 hours. Yeah. There you... Yeah, so it'll take a lot of detective work, I think. <laughs> it's a cold case, for sure. I'm, I think we're going to get to the bottom of it. Well, you leave a mess in the microwave that long, it it's is going to be series. cold, Paul, you're right. <laughs> you watch the show. I do. Yeah, yeah I they're just you. laughing it off. They know that these questions yeah. are way too intense. So uh, it's cool to see that, you know, they know that the fandom's there. They appreciate, they love the fandom. They're not harshing on them, which we've seen in the past. Where, like Star Trek used to do that. Um, it's It was cool. That is just good fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. They're, they're so cool, <laughs> those guys, in real life, too, which makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from Comic-Con you want to make sure to share with us? Yeah, I mean, it's just this place where you can discover things, I think, for me, too. There was a lot yeah. of panels that I, you know, got to sneak in here and there. And one of them was like martial arts and how they bring it to screen. There was a lot mm. of Sifus, which basically is like a sensei for Kung Fu um, talking about 
some of the fight scenes they choreographed. One of them was this guy. I want to say it was Michael Chang. Um, forgive me if I was wrong, but he helped um, do some of the fight choreography for Avatar, uh, you know, the Avatar movies that we saw. Yeah. Um, the big one that's from James Cameron. Way of the Water. Way of the, Way of the Water, yeah. Oh, well, he actually did the first movie. I don't know if he did Way of the Water, but um, okay. but that series, yes. Yeah. Uh, another one, uh, this guy had worked on like Young Justice and like, I don't know, all these other like animation and stuff. And there's so much thought process that goes into like fight choreography, whether it's animated or live action, which is really, really freaking cool hearing them talk about yeah. it. Um, there was one from, I, I want to say it's called Medical, like Travel Medical Podcast. Um, they did one on the real science behind some of the things we see in fiction so one of them was, could you actually grow and turn green like the Hulk? And they found real life examples and, and the science behind it of like, yes, because this and this and this, like this chemical enters your bloodstream or whatever. I found it super fascinating. That was really hmm. cool. They talked about um, teleportation in Star Trek, like beam okay. me up. Could that really work? What would happen to you if that, ha if that happened? How would it mess your body up? How would it work if your body really... If, if it could assemble its DNA or whatever. Another one was Wolverine's healing factor. How would that work? And the real science behind it. So dope. Those, those guys killed it. Mm. Um, so, so for me, it's just this, the, the discovering of it, interesting things that follow fandom and pop culture that we wouldn't necessarily think about, but also like just makes it fun. And like, oh, yeah. this is this person's take on the things that we all enjoy. It's just, yeah. it's just fun. I really like that part. Well, what a great event. Uh, LA Comic Con, guys. We appreciate LA Comic Con uh, inviting us out there, getting us uh, some entrances and stuff like that. We look forward to going back in October. Uh, if you guys are interested in joining us at LA Comic Con, please do. We will make sure to announce when tickets are available. It's not too expensive to get in there. And you get to meet so many wonderful people and just truly enjoy yourself. Um, again, thank you, LA Comic Con. And thank you, Thomas, for heading down there for me while I couldn't be there. I really appreciate that. And I was just, oh, I was drooling over all these awesome pictures and cool things you were doing. <laughs> killing me. Yeah. What a blast. Yeah. It was, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I would hit you, man. <laughs> no, but it was a blast. What an amazing event. Again, it's probably my favorite con that I continuously get to go to. And it just always delivers. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's such a good time. Please, yeah, if you guys went, reach out to us. Or if you want to go next year, have any questions about it, feel free to message us, send us an email, hit us up on the socials. I'm happy to answer any questions about it. Um, and and we look forward to meeting you guys hopefully next year. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for us this time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Aloha. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, we'd really appreciate a follow, subscribe, and a review. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us at J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show on Twitter and Instagram, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like submitting topics or questions to be discussed on future episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. As always, thank you, peace out, and make it a great rest of your week.